Hello everybody and welcome to the 4th and Long podcast. I'm your host Darren Butler and as ever I'm here to bring you the latest in the NFL, the results from game week 3 as well as my opinions and goings on around the league. So we'll start with a recap on game week 3. Former New England assistant and Bill Belichick understudy Matt Patricia got the best of his former mentor when Detroit Lions beat the New England Patriots 26-10. The Lions started the season with a 31-point deficit loss to New York Jets, but they upset the Patriots and controlled the game from minute one. Rookie running back Kerryon Johnson profited the most, whilst Matt Stafford looked every bit the quarterback Detroit Lions expected when they made him the highest paid player in the league. When my Super Bowl pick, the LA Rams, faced the Chargers, it was the first time an LA derby had taken place in the NFL since 1994. On that occasion, it was between the Rams and the Raiders, coincidentally the two teams I wanted to face each other in this season's curtain closer. There was so much love for the Rams, they topped 30 points for a third consecutive game, improving their record to a 3-0. Jared Goff, the team's third-year quarterback, threw for 354 yards and three touchdowns. Todd Gurley rushed for 105 and Robert Woods had 10 catches for 105 yards also, whilst Cooper Cup fought his way through a tackle for an improbable 53-yard touchdown. It wasn't all sunshine and roses for Sean McVay's team, however, as two prized off-season acquisitions, the defensive backs Aqib Talib and Marcus Peters, were both lost to injuries, putting a huge damper on the enthusiasm. Peters was the first to fall with a calf injury in the first half on a 27-yard catch by Antonio Gates. Talib then went out in the second half when he rolled his ankle. Peters looks to have gotten away with it slightly, but Talib doesn't look to be so lucky, as reports are suggesting surgery will be required on ligament damage. Missing either of the star cornerbacks next week could potentially be devastating as the Rams will host the Minnesota Vikings, a team that features both Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs at wide receiver. For Green Bay, a 31-17 loss to the Redskins on the road might not qualify as devastating on some days, but the game represented a third consecutive week in which Aaron Rodgers' movements appeared severely limited by his left knee, which he injured in game week one. Wearing a brace, he hobbled around and could not muster his typical late-game magic. Rodgers threw for 265 yards and two touchdowns, but was sacked four times, and fears that his injury could eventually lead to him missing time continue to grow. The Redskins, meanwhile, relied on their renaissance man Adrian Peterson to run the team to victory, as a 32-year-old rolled back the years to finish the game with 120 rushing yards and two touchdowns. The Vikings did not have long-term concerns like an injury to worry about, but their pride was certainly wounded as a pair of fumbles by Kirk Cousins contributed to Josh Allen and the Bills racing to a 17-0 lead in the first quarter. The Bills were then 27 points up by half-time, and Minnesota never came close to challenging despite playing at home. Allen, the latest rookie quarterback to show off his NFL readiness, also got the opportunity to put his media training to the test when discussing the win. He said, we're trusting the process that's been put in front of us. We're working hard and we're just trying to improve every day. Next week, Green Bay will get its chance against Allen, who was the number seven pick in this year's draft. And with Rodgers on one leg, there's every chance Bills could grab a second upset in as many weeks. Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs continued his assault on the NFL record books, throwing three touchdown passes in a highlight-filled 38-27 victory over the San Francisco 49ers. At the helm of the Kansas City offense, Mahomes used all of his options, completing passes to nine different receivers. 
But after running up a 35-7 lead in the second quarter, Mahomes had to watch as his team's defense left the door open for a potential 49ers comeback. Despite Kansas City's early 28-point lead at home and San Francisco finishing the game with an astounding 147 yards worth of penalties, Garoppolo, with a great deal of help from the 49ers running back, made a game of it. San Francisco reeled off 17 unanswered points, narrowing the deficit to 11 points at one time. Kansas City's margin for error on offense, barring significant changes, is effectively zero. But thoughts of a turnaround was halted by an injury to 49ers Jimmy Garoppolo, a torn ACL that we now know has ended his season. Mahomes' 13 touchdown passes through the first three weeks of the season broke the previous record of 12, which was set by Peyton Manning in 2013. Most of the damage came with Mahomes throwing to his favourite target, Travis Kelsey, who had eight catches for 114 yards, but the touchdowns were spread around to Sammy Watkins, Demetrius Harris and Chris Conley. Mahomes finished the game having completed for 314 yards, his third consecutive week of 250 or more passing yards and three or more touchdowns. Eli Manning threw for 297 yards and two touchdowns and the rookie Saquon Barkley added a score as the Giants earned a 27-22 victory over the struggling Houston Texans. The Giants, 0-2 going into this weekend, were up by 14 points at halftime but had trouble moving the ball in the second half. The Texans, also 0-2, cut the lead to 5 before Manning threw a 7-yard touchdown pass to Sterling Shepard with about 2 minutes left. Odell Beckham Jr. claimed after the game that the team took the pressure off themselves and played like they were kids. We didn't play like an 0-2 team that needed the win, he said, but we got it anyway. Carson Wentz threw a touchdown pass on his first drive in nine months. Wendell Smallwood ran in from the four for the score and the Philadelphia Eagles held on for a 2016 victory over the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday. Adam Vinatera tied Morton Anderson's career record of 565 field goals by connecting on all three tries, but the Colts couldn't take advantage of the two turnovers by Wentz inside the 20 in the second half. The defending Super Bowl champions, Philadelphia Eagles, needed two defensive stops against Andrew Luck in the final 90 seconds. Colts had a first down at the Eagles' 11-yard line and two attempts at a touchdown from the four, but Luck's pass to T.Y. Hilton sailed over his shoulder in the left corner of the end zone on third down and Derek Barnett sacked Luck on fourth. The Colts got the ball again at their 11 with 39 seconds remaining, but couldn't reach midfield. Jacoby Brissett threw a desperation pass on the final play that fell incomplete. In a game known for yards and inches, the Colts came about as close as you can come to upsetting the reigning Super Bowl champions, but not close enough. Philadelphia get away with it again. The Chicago Bears have finished fourth in the NFC North each of the past four seasons, but this year it appears as though they are destined for much better finish. Linebacker Khalil Mack, who recorded another key forced fumble in a 16-14 win over the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday, has breathed life into Chicago's defence. That unit has already carried the team to two wins and will have to do so for several more in order to maintain a lead in the NFC North Conference because quarterback Mitch Trubisky doesn't lead a scary offence. Baltimore's offensive line handled Von Miller, 
Joe Flacco took care of the football and the Ravens sliced through Denver's depleted defence. Flacco found the time to throw for 277 yards and a touchdown and the Ravens pushed aside the previously undefeated Broncos 27-14. On Baltimore got 68 yards rushing from Alex Collins but the line's most ample contribution was giving Flacco time to pass against a defence led by Miller who came in with an NFL leading four sacks. Broncos had made a good start to this season going 2-0 against the Raiders and Seahawks but that was with home comforts. For a team that were 1-7 on the road last season this was always going to be the biggest test to date. Broncos were 14-7 up when a fumbled ball caused a pile-up of players at which point Philip Lindsay was ejected for punching a Ravens player. Broncos unravelled from there and Lindsay had to sit and watch his team roll over conceding 20 unanswered points. Down by two scores, the Broncos did have chances to come back and win, but Keenan was picked once and turned over on downs soon after, both times in the red zone. It's not much to say about the snooze fest that took place between the Tennessee Titans and Jacksonville Jaguars, apart from all the points scored were from field goals and that both defences combined to keep the total yardage one under 500 yards. Jags defence on form once again, but more than matched by Tennessee, who came out on top 9-6. By stark comparison, the Saints v Falcons served up a high-scoring classic, and for the third week in a row, we had a game go into overtime thanks to heroics from Drew Brees. Despite Matt Ryan throwing five touchdown passes, Saints and Brees fought back and a score down and a score down with a minute left on the clock, Brees turned on the afterburners and scrambled towards the end zone. He even stole a move from the Dwight Freeney playbook, spinning on two Falcons to grab the equaliser and force the game into overtime. Brees threw to Kamara for what he thought was the winner, only for the touchdown to be overturned and the ball spotted at the two yard line. Upstepped Drew again for a quarterback sneak and the win. 43-37 to the Saints. Tampa Bay looked for a perfect 3-0 start to the new season, whilst the Steelers looked for their first win of the year. Ryan Fitzpatrick had a Jekyll and Hyde of a game, throwing three touchdowns and three interceptions. He was also sacked three times on the way to the Bucks' first loss of the season, 30-27. Steelers by no means looked in top form, and the Le'Veon Bell contract situation still dominates the water cooler talk in Pittsburgh. But on this game's performance alone, James Conner may just have a case to say they don't need him. John Grodden went in search of his first win as Raiders coach but came up short against a perfect starting Miami Dolphins who improved to 3-0. Ryan Tannehill throwing three touchdowns and Albert Wilson with a 52-yard bomb to seal the deal. However, the game was overshadowed by another injury and another season-ending ACL tear to defensive lineman William Hayes. Hayes slammed into Derek Carr for his first sack of the game, but when attempting to avoid putting his weight down on the Raiders' quarterback, he slammed his right knee into the ground and the injury has unfortunately ended his season. Cincinnati Bengals were also looking to improve to 3-0 over an indifferent Panthers who started the weekend 1-1. Cam Newton got a bit of a rough ride last week, but this week it was the Bengals' QB, Andy Dalton, who got the worst of it, throwing four interceptions. I have no doubt it altered the full-time result as Bengals went down by by 10 points. Newton threw for two touchdowns and like Breeze scored two himself to see the Panthers win 31-21. Seattle in weeks one and two showed exactly what Sherman and the Legion of Boom gave to the team over the previous years as defensively they fell apart. Wilson getting the brunt of their failings being sacked six times last week. This week however they flipped 180 and looked a completely different unit nullifying Ezekiel Elliott who is by far Cowboys biggest threat so far this season and kept the Dallas outfit down to just two field goals and a touchdown. 
Seahawks offense sought to capitalize on their defense's frugal concessions and did exactly that. Russell Wilson throwing for two touchdowns and Chris Carson running in for a 24-13 victory. And so we come to the last game of game week three and I'm happy to report they did it. The Browns finally won a game. After 635 days without a win, Cleveland finally had cause to celebrate its football team, but it wasn't easy. The Jets actually raced to a 14-0 lead before new Browns kicker Greg Joseph stepped up to give Cleveland three points before the end of the half. The beginning of the second got off to a rough start too for the Ohio State boys, as Tyrod Taylor, the catalyst for much positivity from the game weeks one and two, was replaced by number one overall pick in the 2018 draft, Baker Mayfield, due to an injury. The game turned on its head from there as Brown scored 11 points without reply, including a trick play for a two-point conversion caught by Mayfield, reminiscent of Nick Foles' touchdown play at Super Bowl 52 that tied the game. The fourth quarter proved to be more to-and-fro affair with Jets scoring a field goal, but Browns went one better when converting twice on third down for Carlos Hyde to run into the end zone for the second time in the game. Jets had chance to come back at the Browns, but Darnold threw two picks late on and Browns ran down the clock for the first win in over 18 months. Many media outlets have praised Mayfield for his contribution to the win, while simultaneously criticising Taylor for the Browns' failures in the first two games of the season. When in truth, the Cleveland Browns have been a clutch kicker away from a 3-0 start. With Greg Joseph now in the side, I think we'll see the full potential of the Browns' ability, and hopefully they'll make good on my prediction at the beginning of the season and grab six more wins. So that was your week three results. A couple of upsets in there, especially for the Detroit Lions, in my opinion. What do you think this means for Bill Belichick and the Patriots? Are they in crisis? Follow me on Twitter at DarrenButler87 and join the conversation using the hashtag 4AL. It's now part of the show where I give my 60 second sound off. My 60-second sound-off this week is dedicated to the new roughing the passer rule. It's dominated headlines for various reasons. Give my opinion on the new rule and the issues it seems to be causing certain players. The new rule in a nutshell basically states that a tackler can't lift a quarterback off the ground, drive him into the field or land all of his weight on top of the passer. It's a subtle change, but one that has caused much consternation amongst defensive players, not least for Clay Matthews, who received his third roughing the passer penalty in his many weeks against the Washington Redskins. Clay, it's pretty simple. You can't tackle and land on top of your man. Instead of complaining about it, adapt and change the way in which you take down your target. It is possible to do. Russell Wilson was sacked six times last week and the Bears didn't concede a single roughing the passer penalty on any of them. Heck, even your own Aaron Rodgers was sacked four times without a roughing the passer penalty. Claiming that you play the hard way and the league has gone soft doesn't help your cause either. The rule change has been designed to make it harder for players to sack quarterbacks and to allow the passer more opportunity to complete, driving higher scoring games. It's a change that benefits the fans of the game and now the players just have to adapt. That, unfortunately, Clay Matthews, includes you. That was my 60 second sound off this week, but what are yours? Do you agree or disagree with what I've said about Clay Matthews and about the roughing the passer rule? Do you see that it is a benefit for the fans of the game or do you think it's an unnecessary change? Let me know on Twitter using the hashtag 4AL. 
Moving on now to hot off the press. So this is where I give you a quick snapshot of goings on around the league, news and storylines set to play out over the next seven days. First on the agenda is Tampa Bay's quarterback quandary. Jameis Winston returns from suspension for week four, but Ryan Fitzpatrick has put up some big numbers thus far with three consecutive weeks of three touchdowns or more and north 400 yards gained. Whilst it didn't work out for him against the Steelers with three picks, Fitzmagic has certainly given Dirk Cota a selection headache. Tennessee have signed free agent Austin Davis. Davis has only started 10 times in a seven-year career, his last at Cleveland Browns back in 2015. So whilst he offers insurance to a depleted Titans quarterback room, it will be interesting to see how he copes if called upon. Green Bay Packers have been busy in free agency, also acquiring the services of cornerback Bashan Breland. Breland was ranked 15th best free agent by NFL.com at the end of the 2017 season, but injury put paid to a deal by the Carolina Panthers last March. Breland comes in as a replacement for Devon House, who has been placed on the injured reserve list. For the first time this season, the league's top two passers will not be rewarded with the NFL Player of the Week honours. Patrick Mahomes and Ryan Fitzpatrick were shut out in week three, at least in terms of hardware. After outdueling Fitzpatrick on Monday night, it's Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger that was named the AFC Offensive Player of the Week. Big Ben returned to form in Pittsburgh's first win of the season over Tampa Bay, and after leading four first-half scoring drives in the 30-27 victory, it's duly deserved. This is the 16th time that Big Ben has won such an honour. Fellow future Hall of Famer and New Orleans quarterback Drew Brees went home with the NFC Offensive Player of the Week honours. In a shootout victory over division rivals Atlanta Falcons, Brees threw for 396 yards and three scores. Plus the diminutive signal caller ran for two more, including the game-winning touchdown in overtime. If the first two game weeks were anything to go by, very few people would have picked out a Buffalo Bills player to win Defensive Player of the Week. But that's exactly what's happened as second-year linebacker Matt Milano is the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. Milano recorded a sack, an interception, a fumble recovery, two passes defended and eight tackles in Buffalo's upset over Minnesota Vikings. Carolina Panthers defensive end Effie Obada is the NFC Defensive Player of the Week. The Nigerian-born Londoner earned a sack and an interception in his first ever professional football game, a victory over the Cincinnati Bengals. Obada became the first player from the NFL International Pathway Program to make a 53-man roster earlier this year and the first to play in a regular season game. The AFC Special Teams Player of the Week was awarded to Baltimore Ravens kicker Justin Tucker and the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week, Los Angeles Rams defensive back Blake Countess. The third-year player returned two kick returns for 51 yards and recovered a key blocked punt for a touchdown during the Rams' 35-23 victory over the LA Chargers. And that about wraps up all the major news from around the league for this week. And so we'll finish episode 6 of the 4th and Long podcast with my bet of the week. The bet of the week for week 3 for me is the Rams is on the LA Rams versus Minnesota Vikings. I've got the LA Rams to win, Adam Thielen to have 100 plus yards and Todd Gurley 80 plus rushing and one touchdown. It's priced at 5-1 to one on Skybet and although Rams will face their toughest test yet against the Vikings, in week four with Vikings collapsing in week three and Sean McVay looking to improve to a 4-0 start on his way to Super Bowl 53. 
I see the Rams winning, but it won't be easy. Missing either Marcus Peters, Akib Talib, or potentially both will open up the field for Adam Thielen to gain the big yards required for the bet to win, whilst Todd Gurley will be looking to add to his 255 yards and four touchdowns gained so far this season. 5-1 to one looks like great value to me, and with the game live on Sky Sports, it'll certainly add interest to the game for the neutral. So, LA Rams to beat Minnesota Vikings with Adam Thielen with 100 plus yards, Todd Gurley with 80 plus rushing and one touchdown, 5-1 to one with Sky Bet. What's your bet of the week? Who are you punting on? Who's your money on to win? And do you have anything special in mind for this week's games? Get at me on Twitter at DarrenButler87 and let's have a conversation using the hashtag 4AL. So that just about does it for me this week. Thank you very much everyone for listening. And as always, we do appreciate people that subscribe to the podcast on Buzzsprout and share the link. Thanks again for listening and until next time, see you soon. (laughs) 